joining us for Anchor Daily today. As a church family, we're starting the year with 21 days of prayer, asking that God would work in us and through us as we pursue health and growth in our relationship with God, with His people, and with those far from Him. Hello, my name is Phil George, and I am privileged to be part of the high school ministry here at Bethel. You may have heard of St. Augustine, an incredible mind and one of the church fathers. His understanding of scripture has provided the foundation for a lot of our biblical understanding today. He was raised by a Christian mother and a pagan father. His mother raised him to follow Christ. His father raised him to enjoy the things of this world. Unfortunately, his father was rather more successful in his approach. When Augustine looked at his, wrote about his life around the age of 18, he mentioned how he tried to find satisfaction in fleshly desires. Later, he turned to seek wisdom in philosophy. He became disillusioned with that and with all that he experienced and read. Finally, aged 33, he was in a garden and heard a child chant over and over, pick it up, read it, pick it up, read it. He realized that this may be a command from God to read the scriptures. He located a Bible and opened it and found Romans 13, 13 through 14, which says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. He wrote, I wanted to read no further, nor did I need to. For instantly, as the sentence ended, there was infused in my heart something light, the light of full certainty, and all the gloom of doubt vanished away. In the podcast today, we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And it opens with this striking statement. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word that is translated folly is moriah. This is the word from which we get the word moron. So what Paul's saying here is for those who are not saved, their perspective is you'd have to be an utter moron to believe the word of the cross. From a Greek and Roman perspective, crucifixion was for the most base criminals, the lowest of the low, who had committed the worst crimes. If you were a Roman citizen, there was a law that you could not be crucified unless you had committed treason. From a Jewish perspective, they viewed those as crucified as being cursed by God. They got this from Deuteronomy 21. So here we are, we are presenting the case that the Son of God was crucified. The preeminent one, the one who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over creation, the one through whom and by whom all things were created, the one who is actively holding together everything in the universe, being treated like the lowest of the low and cursed by God. We can now see that indeed when our sin was put upon Christ, he was indeed the lowest of the low and cursed by God. But it does seem that God could not have designed a more unbelievable approach. A stumbling block to Jews and folly or moronic to Gentiles. So what do we do with this? On one level, we may see this as incredibly frustrating. 
dare I say, we're ashamed to share about Jesus. We may ask questions like, Lord, why have you made it so difficult to share the gospel? However, I encourage us today to turn from that thinking. We can repent and rather see the beauty of what God is doing. You see, for us morons who believe in Christ, can we really take any credit for believing the unbelievable? As we studied a few weeks ago in Hebrews 12, 2, Christ is both the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one who has changed us. He is the one who has opened our minds to believe. There is one detail of Augustine's story that I did not mention. His mother continued to pray for her son every day. Shortly before she died, she saw both her debauched son and pagan husband saved. So what we see here is the beauty of God at work. We cannot persuade anyone or argue anyone into the kingdom. Rather, he allows us, I should say commands us, for those whom he's put in our path to carry them to him in prayer, no matter how hopeless circumstances may seem. If you are not already doing this, I encourage you to start today. Pray for the salvation of those whom God has divinely put in your path. As Augustine and countless others demonstrate, there is no one too far from God's reach. So they may become one for whom the word of the cross, rather than being moronic, becomes the very power of God. Let's pray. Father, you are so far above us. You are sovereign and you are holy and you are good and you are just and we are none of those things. And Father, to the human mind, as Paul wrote here, your ways are so far beyond our ways to the point where we see these as folly. Father, we repent of the times when we judge you by our standards. Rather, would you turn our hearts? Would you give us the desire to make much of you? Open our eyes to those around us and their needs that they may turn, be turned to you, that you may save them and add to those in your kingdom. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you will find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.